0: Good morning, Carney E. Free. Good morning, Carney E. Free. Amen, amen. It's good to be with you all this morning. Good morning to those of you who are joining us online. Good morning to those of you who are joining us in the venue. It's good to be with you all this morning. Last time I stood up here, I told you guys that my son, he was struggling with revealing his gender. Uh, he was being, he was being re- rebellious, but we want to announce that he came uh, just a little early, uh, September 6th, he was supposed to be here, October uh, 5th, uh, and he is the cutest thing, um, and we, we thank you guys for your prayers, and I, I think we have a picture of him up here, that, that's him, yeah, and um, it, feels, it feels good to be a dad, so I just wanted to share that with you all, because... Uh, I shared uh, some of my pain, but <laughs> but yeah, God was pretty gracious to 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 us, and uh, he was in the NICU for about ten days. And my wife, actually, she was uh, um, uh, also in the hospital for about ten days because after she gave labor, she not only had to have one surgery, but two surgeries uh, to get her gallbladder re- removed, and then. Uh, we, we found out a few days later that she was still in pain. And as a result of the pain, we found out that there were some gallstones that, were, that trickled down into her bile duct, and uh, she had to have, have a second surgery. So not only did she give labor, but she had two surgeries a- a- after that. So she is a superwoman, and the labor and delivery was actually the, the easiest part <laughs> of the whole process and all the women say amen (laughs) amen so we're in matthew chapter six we're continuing our our series citizens of the kingdom and in matthew chapter six we're gonna we we have a lot of ground to tread here matthew chapter six verses one to twenty one matthew six verses one to twenty one and i'm going to read it all twenty twenty one verses For your hearing. Jesus said this He says, Be careful not to practice your righteousness in front of others, to be seen by them. If you do, you will have no reward from your Father in heaven. And we'll talk a little bit about that. So when you give to the needy, do not announce it with trumpets, as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and on the streets, to be honored by others. When you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is seen, who is unseen. Then your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not keep babbling on like pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask him. This then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moths and vermin destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moths and vermin do not destroy and where thieves break in and do not steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. This is the word of the Lord. We've all witnessed people or maybe have been the person who enjoys receiving human praise, enjoys receiving accolades from people. And if if you look at people like that, sometimes, if you're like me, sometimes it it can make you sick. When you see someone who is just wanting and so desirous of your, of of other people's uh, attention. Let me see if I can make it plain. You know, so... I go to the gym on a regular basis, and ever since my son was born, you know, I haven't gone to the gym in like two months, maybe like two or three times, uh, because you guys know the struggle. <laughs> I need to choose between sleeping and working out, and usually sleeping wins all the time. And sometimes when, when, when you go to the gym, you see these meatheads in the gym, or some, or some people who, uh, you know, it's, it's usually the, the stereotypical guy who's bench pressing. On, on a Monday, because it's National Chest, uh, Chest Day, and he does about three or four reps, and then after he does his, his reps, you see him in the mirror, he's, just, he's stretching, and he's, 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 he's checking out his biceps, uh, and, he's, and he's trying to you know, get people's attention. Or, when I was in college, uh, uh, some students who would go on mission trips, they had a tendency to, when, when they returned from their mission trips, they would post pictures of their uh, time at the mission trip with all these kids from these third world countries, and they would talk about how uh, great it was and how, um, and, and, and just how um, things went. And sometimes you ask yourself, uh, what's the motivation there? Or some, t- or, or some of us have, have seen videos on YouTube and videos on, on Facebook of, of people Uh, posting how much money they give to someone who's on the street who needs money. And what is the motivation? So before we start pointing fingers at other people, before we start uh, uh, judging other people, Jesus says that we all fall short in this area. We all want human praise. We all want accolades from other people. We all want to be recognized. And in fact, I I was reading an article that, that, that said that when you receive a compliment from someone, when you receive human praise, it's almost as if you are receiving money. That same portion of, of the brain that clicks when you re- receive money is the same portion of your brain that clicks when you receive human praise that 's why fellas, let, let me help you out here. Always compliment your wives. Always compliment your wives so Jesus Jesus, what Jesus does here in Matthew chapter six verses one to twenty one. Is he points to the motivation of our hearts? He points to the reasons why we practice righteousness. And he says, and what we are going to talk about today is that we will pay attention to the motivation of our hearts when we practice righteousness in serving the poor and praying and in fasting and in investing in our souls. And at the end of, of the sermon, we're going to talk about what does Jesus mean when he talks about losing your reward or gaining your reward when you do things to, to receive human praise from people versus God. And Jesus, this is the point that Jesus is trying to get, get across here. The, the point that he's trying to get across is acts of piety are practiced in private. Acts of piety are practiced in private. But what do I mean when I say acts of, of, of piety? I mean what Jesus means in the text when he says righteousness. Or in, or in other words, doing good works. And acts of piety are practiced, or acts of righteousness are practiced in private. And Jesus mentions a few of these acts, and he gives just three examples. And number one, the first example that he gives when he talks about acts of piety being practiced in private is uh, that acts of piety are are, are practiced in private when we are generous, when we practice generosity. But not simply when we practice generosity, but when we pray. Not simply when we pray, but when we fast. And then at, at the end Jesus talks about what it means to pray and fast and how that and, and how praying and fasting and, 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 and how praying and, fact, and how praying and fasting plays into investing in our souls and investing in the kingdom and receiving the reward that God wants for us. So Jesus says in verse 1, if you take a look at verse 1, Jesus says this, Be careful not to practice your righteousness in front of others to be seen by them. If you do, you will have no reward from your Father in heaven. So what is Jesus saying here? When Jesus says be careful, Jesus has given us a command. And the word be careful, it literally means uh, holding your mind or being cautious or attending to. But what is Jesus saying here? Now remember who Jesus is talking to. Jesus is talking to his disciples. Jesus is talking to the ones who already put their faith in him. He is talking to people who already dedicated their lives to him. His disciples were those who were committed to him. And Jesus is talking to them about falling into the trap, the easy trap of concerning uh, the, the, the easy trap of the condition of our hearts and practicing God's commands. In other words, that is to say, although you are a follower of Jesus Christ, Jesus loves us enough to warn us about how we are wired. But wired to do what? What? what are we wired to do when when Jesus warns us in the scripture what, 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 what is he trying to warn us against and and and, and 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 Genesis chapter 4 verse 7 helps us to understand this God warns in in Genesis chapter 4 verse 7 this is after Cain well well this is after uh, Adam and Eve fall and after they fall they are kicked out of the garden and right after, you see this terrible story of Cain killing his brother Abel. But before he kills his brother, this is what God says about the condition of Cain's heart. He, he says this, God warns Cain about the, the, about the condition of his heart and says this, hear, hear this. But if you do not do what is right, sin is crouching at your door. So what is Jesus saying here in, in light of what God says about sin in our hearts He is saying, be careful because sin is always bigger than it appears to be. Sin does not want you to know that it is actually sin. It does not want to be discovered. And Jesus says we combat that by being cognizant of our propensity, of of the propensity of our hearts to to, to want what only belongs to God. And Jesus, in fact, he is, no hip, he is no hypocrite. And in fact, Jesus often went to lonely places himself to pray. He practiced. Jesus also practiced secrecy. And in, in Luke chapter 5, verse 16, it says this. But Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. So why is practicing your righteousness not to be seen by others so important to Jesus. If we look at Matthew chapter 23, verses 2 to 5, Jesus is addressing the Pharisees. And this is what Jesus says about the Pharisees in terms of them being hypocrites and not doing what they actually teach. Jesus says this, the teachers of the law and the Pharisees sit in Moses' seat, so you must be careful to do everything they tell you. But Jesus says this, he says, but do not do what they do for they do not practice what they preach. Everything they do is done for people to see. And here Jesus uses the same language he uses here in Matthew chapter 6 verses 1 to 21. And what Jesus is saying is what God says does not matter to them or to the, the teachers of, of the law as much as accolades from other people. And the point that Jesus is trying to get across in Matthew chapter 6 is that Jesus always sees your heart. He always knows the reason behind your actions, and Jesus cares about the condition of your heart more than the outward actions that we demonstrate. And when we seek the praise of others, we totally get get it wrong and we flip what is supposed to be help, what what is supposed to be praise to God, to praise God. To ourselves. And last time I checked, praise only belongs to God. He is worthy of the praise. He is the one who is infinite. He is the one who is great. He is the one who is mighty. He is the one who has come down, who sent Jesus Christ to die on the cross for our sins. And he rose again from the grave. And, and as a result of him rising again from the grave, he is alone receives the worship. He alone receives the praise. So when Jesus gives us a warning, he is saying, doing good things may come from the motivation of desiring praise and affirmation from people. So be careful. So what should the motivation be? And if you, if you continue to read this scripture in context, if you go back a few weeks in Matthew chapter 5, verse 16, as Jesus is te- teaching his disciples, he says this, In the same way, let your light shine before others. That they may see your good deeds, or your righteousness, or your piety, and do what? And glorify the, your Father in heaven. Every single thing that we do is to glorify God. The motivation should be God's glory and not getting praise for yourself. So if you are a teacher in here, you teach for God's glory. If you are a doctor, you teach for God's glory. If you're a dentist, you, 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 you dentist according to God's glory. <laughs> I was trying to figure out the term there. (laughs) Every single thing that we do, if you're in sales, if you're working in technology, if you are a student, you do it according to God's glory. So Jesus warns his disciples and and then gives three major examples of Jewish practices, fasting prayer, and, and generosity, where people can easily fall into the trap of doing to receive the praise of people. And Jesus said this in in verses two to four. He said, So when you when you give to the needy, if you look at your Bible, when you give to the needy, do not announce it with trumpets as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and on the streets to be honored by others. Truly I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, so that your giving may be in secret then your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. So what is the purpose of giving? The purpose of giving is to give relief to those who are struggling. And during that that time, the synagogues played a vital role in the community by providing social services to people in need. So ostentation or displaying someone's wealth, displaying their riches displaying their, their wealth by how much they gave became literally connected to their level of, of, of piety or righteousness. So as kingdom people, what, what is the difference between heavenly giving and earthly giving? Instead of giving to be seen we give to enable God's kingdom to move forward on earth and to move forward in Kearney and in Nebraska and beyond Kearney and beyond the world, beyond the United States. But we also fight against giving out of a place of compulsion and pity because the Bible says God loves a cheerful giver. But then how does Jesus help us to have the right motivation to give? If you're someone here who struggles with your money, how does Jesus help you with your heart? What does the gospel say about our heart? The gospel helps us in that the gospel reminds us of how helpless and poor and needy we were and still are. And yet, even though we were down and out, even though we had nothing, even though we were living in darkness, God still loved us and gave us all through Christ. Don't you know that the Bible says in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 8, that we have every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. God gave you his all. And as a result of having all the spiritual blessings in Christ, we desire, we hope to dispense his blessings to other people. And the gospel re- reminds us that everything belongs to, to God, therefore we give back. And the good news of Jesus Christ needs to grip our hearts so much so that we practice giving out of a heart of gratitude. And, and furthermore, Jesus shows us how we can even misuse prayer and point us to how we should pray. But not only do we do we practice our piety or righteousness, When we give, we practice our piety or righteousness when we pray. Prayer can easily serve as a means for self-aggrandizement. When we pray, we connect with God. Prayer is a practice that helps us to grow by submitting to God's agenda for our life. And he says, pray in, 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 in the scripture. When Jesus says, pray in private, what Jesus is doing is that he's trying to emphasize the need for us to pray without any distractions. But why do we pray? What, 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 what does prayer help with? If God knows everything, what's the point of telling him? Well, that's a great question that you asked. I'm, I'm glad you asked. Number one, let's establish this biblically and theologically. God is love. First John chapter four verse sixteen. It says, "God is love." And as a result, God loves you. And since God loves you, He gives you a choice. He gives us free will, and we have the choice to invite Him into invite Him into your your life and what you are experiencing. And when you invite him into prayer, what we literally, literally do is that we are allowing him to actually serve as Lord over our life. And as we pray, as you pray, what God does, and I'm, and I'm not, and I'm not, and I'm not always sure how He works to accomplish this change all the time. But your desires begin to align with His. In prayer, you become the person that God wants you to be in Christ. And sometimes God has, has the ability to change the external circumstances in your life, and God works it out so you can adopt the mind of Jesus in prayer. And God wants you to imi- adopt the mind of Jesus so that you can say, your will be done in my life. But what is the difference b- between kingdom prayer earthly prayer earthly prayer when we we pray according to the world it it is prayer that goes on and on with no real substance in order to increase your effectiveness to get what you want from God but not God himself so you're more focused on the object you're more focused on the thing that you want and not getting God not seeking God for for prayer Earthly prayers is seeking for God to approve your will versus approving versus being on His agenda. You know, it's, you know what's right and expect things to go the way that you planned. And by way of example, I remember when I first became a believer and I need to say that, when I first became a believer, I used to believe in the prosperity gospel. And as a result of me believing in, in the prosperity gospel, when I first became a believer, I needed some new clothes be, because the, the clothes that I had, they were just not good. So, and my, my, my family, we weren't really fortunate to, you know, get all this stuff, you know, there was, you know, I, I, I come from a family of six, six kids, so money was tight. We weren't poor, we, we were poor, you know, P and O. <laughs> We could not afford the O and the R. So all throughout my life, my my mom used to tell me every time I went to her to ask her for something materialistic, she said, just just go to God. So when I first became a believer, I did that. I, I, I did just that. I said, God, by next week, you are going to get me clothes. And I believe that you're going to get me clothes. I, I did not know how it was going to work out, but I honestly believed that God, was going, that God was going to do that. And some of us in here treat God as if he is a genie. Some, 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 some of us treat, treat God like when, 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 when we go to him, we absolutely think that he, things should go the way that we want. And that type of earthly thinking, I'll tell you that God will de- destroy that. <laughs> As you continue to pray, because what God literally did is all throughout, uh, there was a, a season of my life when there was constant suffering and suffering and suffering. And I had to come to grips with who God really is and what God actually wants to do in my life. But when we pray according to the kingdom, we believe that God is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him, as it says in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6. And we seek, to, we seek His will. We seek to be like Christ. And we, we know that God gives good gifts, whether we deserve it or not, when we pray. And we trust that no matter what, God knows best when we pray. And our church, we've been focusing on citizens of the kingdom. But then we've been focusing on the means by which we become citizens of the kingdom through the hundred days of prayer. And in the 100 days of prayer, we're, we're emphasizing prayer in our church, and we're trying to emphasize the prayer ministry of our church and the prayer partners of our, our church. And through these 100 days, we invite you all to join us. We're at the 50th day. And in this prayer, Pray 100, what we're emphasizing is three things. We're emphasizing that God would change our focus Not simply for God to change our focus. We are praying that we as a church would get more people involved. More people would be able to concentrate on at least one ministry, one area of ministry inside or outside of the church. But then we're also choosing one thing to pray about, one thing to ask God, one thing to wrestle with God in through prayer. And don't you know that when you pray, God does change things. When you pray, eventually your heart will change. When you pray, eventually you will begin to see things and your perspective will change according to what God wants it to be. So Jesus, he also mentions that another spiritual discipline that is susceptible to being assaulted by our selfish desires is fasting. And what is fasting? He, he says this in verses 16 to 18. What is fasting? Fasting is basically abstaining from human desire to develop more desires for the Lord. But What is the difference between kingdom fasting and earthly fasting? Well, here Jesus gives a clear example of how people during that time can distort fasting to become something that God did not originally intended to, to, to be. But what do I mean? Jesus said in verse, six, in verse 16, he says, when, when those people during that time, when they were fasting, they, th- those people, they disfigured their faces to show others they were fasting. And, there, and, and in the scripture there, if, if, if you read verses 16, verse 16 to 18, there's a play on words here. And they distort their faces so as to not be noticed by others who know them but it is so that they can be recognized as they're distorting their faces is also so that they can be recognized for how much fasting is affecting their outer appearance. So it defeats the purpose. But kingdom fasting is done with the goal of God being the most essential part of our life. And fasting is closely related and connected to prayer and focuses on our relationship With God. Therefore, fasting should not be used as a magic tool to get God to do what what you want through prayer. God is always, God should always be the center of your prayer life. What's most important as you pray, what's most important as you fast, what's most important as we practice righteousness is that we have Him. So if fasting should be used to help us intensely focus on Christ, then as we pray and fast, we invest in our souls. And let's see what Jesus says about this in verses 19 to 21. We practice investing in our souls. Jesus said this, Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moths and vermin destroy, and where thieves, where... uh, where, where thieves break in and steal, but store up for yourself treasures in heaven, where moths and vermin do not destroy, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So, what is the main message here that Jesus is trying to convey? Jesus is saying that under no circumstances should you or I allow the materialism of this world to compete with the eschatological or future rewards that God has for us. And Jesus addresses the main problem, and that is our hearts. In, in, in other words, what we value, what you and I value the most, will become what dominates you and what, how you order your life. Your loyalty is in what you find to be the most important. What is really ruling your life right now? It will affect how you pray, it will affect how you fast, it will affect how you practice these spiritual disciplines and how you give and whether or not you are investing in the kingdom or investing in yourself. And then Jesus uses some strong language here. He he, he says, if our motivation is in the wrong place, he says, if our motivation is human praise. If you're someone who constantly is seeking human praise and Jesus says, be careful because we are all susceptible to wanting human praise. Jesus says that your reward, you have already received your reward here on earth. But he says in Matthew chapter 5 verse 16 and here in this scripture, if we do, if our motivation is to glorify God, we will have a reward. What is this reward that Jesus is talking about? And recently I've been hearing many people worry about the stock stock market this year, and a lot of people's investments have been crashing down, Um, and many many people are not yielding the return that they want, And and many people are losing money. But what if I told you about an investment that you can make that will never go down, it will yield, some, someone said amen. <laughs> I'm not talking about materialistic now. <laughs> it, 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 it always yields you great di- dividends. But not only that, here it is. Every single year, you get a 1,000% ROI for the rest of your life. Not simply you, but also your future kids and grandkids and so forth and so on. They will all have the same re- results. Would you take it? Everyone in here would take it. And I'd be the best financial advisor ever. And in the same way, we have a true spiritual advisor named Jesus. And the reward in heaven contrasts the earthly reward. And the earthly reward that Jesus is talking about here is human praise. You gain simply the praise of people, and that's it. And the reason why human reward is not ideal is because human praise is fleeting. It only gives you a small burst of energy. And he he means that earthly rewards are literally subpar because your joy, your happiness will be based on what others are saying about you. And if you depend on whether or not you are praised, then you will never on this earth be truly satisfied. And the rewards that God is talking about here is an infinite reward. The reward is from God himself. This reward brings great joy. As it says in Matthew chapter 5 verse 12, it says, rejoice and be glad for your reward in heaven is great. Also, the reward that Jesus is talking about is great. But who fits into all these categories when we are talking about this reward? In Matthew chapter 5, verse 21, it says this, His master replied, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come share your master's happiness. The reward is literally God himself. The great joy, the joy-filled reward is the infinite uh, privilege of knowing God. The reward is God's joy. It's a joy that comes from being with him, which is essentially what God always wanted with his people. To be with his people and for his people to experience the full joy of knowing him. So my dear brothers and sisters, let's focus on the reward that God has for us. For in everything that we do, we glorify him. Let's pray. God, we thank you. We confess that sometimes the motivation of our hearts, Lord, when we do good things, is wrong is to receive human praise lord is to take what you only deserve lord as we go back to our respective places of employment on monday whether we are teachers or lawyers or um working in customer service uh, doctors uh, a mechanic lord i pray that in, in everything that we we do we work to worship you we work to praise you we work to glorify you And everyone who encounters us, Lord, they would come to know you. Everyone who encounters us, they would come to see that we are working for a greater purpose. We are moving towards a greater person. We are moving towards a greater reward that's greater than human praise. Lord, we know that we can't do anything without you. And we thank you for your Holy Spirit, that in even in the midst of our sin, Lord, your Spirit intercedes for us. And your Spirit is able to help us to submit to your will. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen.